Y'all. <laughs> I'm trying to start it off like Sarah and it doesn't work. I can't do it. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Be Still Be Free. We are here this week. Um, it's Monica and Sarah. Um, and we're going to talk about what it means to think on things that are just and pure. And so for if you are just catching up with us for the first time, last week we talked about thinking on things that are true and honest. Yep. The week before that, we just kind of did an introduction to why we're doing this series and how important and vital it is to be intentional about what we think about and what the Bible has to say. Um, and even before that, we kicked it off with like, here's a whole bunch of life change in 2019. Yeah. Um, so we've just kind of covered the gamut. But today, Sarah's going to lead a discussion on thinking on things that are just and pure. And I cannot wait to hear what she has to say about this. Well, it's very interesting to me. And we say this all the time. We don't talk about our words. We don't talk about what we're doing. Um, and I love how God shines through. And one of the things that I was interested in finding out about your words today were if they did what my words did. And, um, unlike true and honest, just and pure are very similar. Mm -hmm. There's just not a whole lot of difference. And we'll get into that just a a little bit. And I'm not even spending a lot of time talking about those two words specifically. Okay. Um, But at the end of the day, both of those words basically are descriptions of Christ. Mm-hmm. So when you think of just, literally, um, the the uh, New Testament lex- lexicon is in a wide sense, upright, righteous, virtuous, keeping the commands of God, only Christ truly. Mm. Yeah. How about that? Isn't that crazy? And approved of or acceptable of God. So, and when you think of just, and I think that we did a B. I meant to go back and look. We did a be just or something. We talked about justice and how yeah, we did. God is the ultimate justice of the peace. Right? Mm-hmm. Like when he says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, that yeah. no one can be more just, more fair. Yeah. More, and, and fair was a word that they used with that. And I didn't like the fair word because I feel like we live in a culture of that's not fair. Yeah. Um, and so define fair. Right. Um, but... When anything is happening to us, what does it say? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. The Lord is just, and he will handle any disputes or anything that happens. Like, just let him take care of it. He yeah. is going to take care of it. So when I was like, only Christ, truly, it is so true. I mean, Christ is really the most just of all just things. Absolutely. So then pure is catharis, and it literally means clean, pure, um, and then it describes there's three different types of senses of clean, physically, a Levitical sense, and ethically. And we're going to do the physically and ethically sense of purity because when you um, have the word pure in the Bible, it's often either referencing pure thoughts, pure deeds, mm-hmm. pure whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also the... the um, physically pure, you know, don't do anything impure, so forth. So physically. So wait, back up for just one second. What did you say the meaning of catharsis was? Clean and pure. Um, Cause that's the, where we get our word cathartic and how like things are very cathartic. It's clean. It's gotta be the same. It's gotta be. It's so if you think about thinking on things that are pure, thinking on things that are like truly healing and like good for catharsis to your body, mind and spirit. Yeah. They're good for you. That's really interesting. I need to look that up. So there's physically, which is purified by fire in a uh, similitude, like a vine. This is what I look like a vine cleansed by pruning and so fitted to bear fruit. Ah, the pruning. It's the vine and the branches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm the vine. You are the branches and And the vine is cleansed by pruning. So fitted to, yes. So when you think about, again, the word pure, 
pure, you think about the vine. You think about Christ. You think about God. He is the purest of pure. And then anything that grows off of him has to also be pruned back and has to go through the fire, basically. Right. To be purified. Um, Ethically, it's free from corrupt desire, from sin and guilt, free from every admixture of what is false, sincere, genuine, blameless, innocent, unstained with the guilt of anything. Who is that? Christ. Christ. He's the only one, the only man who's ever been on earth that has been unstained with the guilt of anything. And so I thought, man, how interesting that Paul is basically saying, hey, think on these things. So we think about these words and we don't think anything of it. And I can't wait to see where love goes. Right. Right. Because who is love? God is love. So he picks these words out that we think are just you know, English version words. Right. But they all point back to God. And so you're like, think on God. Right. Because when you think on God, you're going to have the best positive little pathways that are ever building to create a free life. Well, and it's true. If you think about like what you just said about the, like the um, American version of it, like we think, think on things that are true. Think on things that are honest. Think on things that are just, we think, okay, well, it's true that I might lose my house and not make any money. And it's honest. I'm not, I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, things that are just like, well, that's not fair, but this would be be fair. Mm-hmm. Like we have such a shallow, mm-hmm. shallow, it's like an inch deep because it goes back to our own emotions. Yeah. You know, we think about what is just, you hear the word that's not fair, mm-hmm. but life isn't fair. How you react to it is what's just. Yes. Right. I love this. So, so yeah, it's just, it's really rich. Mm-hmm. It's really rich. And it's God is the answer. Mm-hmm. End of, and we're going to have seven words, six, eight words that are all about thinking on God, but the different attributes almost of God. Mm-hmm. And it's just fantastic. So I decided to take a little turn on this uh, because true, and and maybe it was just the Holy Spirit not wanting me to spend time on the words themselves. I just couldn't find a lot that was different than that. Yeah. And it was kind of just plain and simple. This is this, this is this, but no, what's the Greek? No, what's the Hebrew? No, what's the, and it's like, this is this and this is that. (laughs) Right. Okay. This one's pretty straightforward. (laughs) I'm going to quit searching because that's not the direction God wants me to go. Um, And so what I did start thinking about is why is it important? Why does Paul tell us that this is what we need to do? Because what I find interesting, and it might either be in here or it was in one of my first week's quotes, he uses the word finally. So he's saying, hey, okay, we've talked about all these other things. Now, here's the final thing I have to say to you. This is mm-hmm. this is the summation of everything I've ever said. Mm-hmm. If you can do this, everything else will fall in. And I think I read a quote, John MacArthur, I think, from the first week about this. Um, so why are these words so important? That's I just was like, what is the deal here? And so I started doing a different angle of mm-hmm. research um, and decided to do, I think I've got three, maybe four um, reasons why it's important to think about things like just and pure. Both just and pure attributes of God. Only God is truly just. And another word for pure is holy, which is speaks directly to God. So one reason Paul might have suggested this was to think on God and only God. That when life doesn't seem fair, think on things of God that are just. When we are surrounded by impure things, think on God who is himself holy. Mm. So it's that whole thing. When you find yourself going into a spin of negative thinking, just start thinking about God. Yeah. You start thinking about the attributes of God. Yeah. When you start finding yourself maybe thinking thoughts of impurities or lustful thinkings, or maybe you're trying to kick a bad habit. Yeah. And you find yourself craving what you're not supposed to have. 
think about God. Right. Right. Because you're getting rid of that negative and you're putting it in with something positive and nothing could be more positive than the power of God. Yeah. Well, what I love too, this, and this may digress just for a split second, but it says over and over whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. And I think, I think that we get such a limited view of who God is Mm -hmm. and of who Christ is that we don't open ourselves up to the whatsoever part of it. Like observing seasons in nature, like that is a reflection of God and observing like life cycles and observing like there's so many different ways to approach what God is. It's so much bigger. So when he's saying like whatsoever things are true, like, well, the sun rises every day and it sets every day. And like, what is that? How does that reflect God? And, um, like, like fall when fall happens and the leaves turn and, and how that's really a death. And like, that's God. And it just is, there's so much more in the whatsoever. I think what you just said is so key because some people are like, well, I just don't get it when I go to the Bible and just read the Bible. And I said this earlier, but my parents and I were talking about this the other day. I think it was my parents and I, when I was younger, I had a hard time sitting down and just reading the Bible and getting it. And I needed to experience God in different ways. So if I needed to learn and grow, I went and I found books because Mm -hmm. I could read a book that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. It was logical to me. It was um, something I could apply to what I was trying to grow in. Right. Um, for me, I love to be outside and exercise. There's just something cathartic about it for me. It just mm-hmm. makes me feel better, especially if I put something good in mm-hmm. that I'm listening to at the mm-hmm. same time. I tell the kids, sometimes when you're in a negative place in space and time, just listen to a week of praise and worship music. You'll be amazed at how it can kind of undo some of that negative, heavy feeling. You know, when you mm-hmm. just feel heavy, like there's just yeah. evil around you or something. You know, it can be that you enjoy getting up and seeing a sunset, that it, it's a time of worship for you, right. a time that you're brought back to God and you see the magnanimousness of, yeah. mag- magnificent, of magnificence of God um, and how huge he is and how creative he is. It doesn't have to be this linear way of thinking. God didn't create us all the same. And so how you experience God and how I experience God are going to sometimes be two different things, but it has to be doctrinally true. Mm -hmm. And that actually is going to lead us to number two. Okay. When we start getting caught up in what isn't fair or spend time on things that are not pure, it will often cause divisiveness and arguments. And this is all throughout the Bible. Um, When I was researching the word pure, this specific story came up and it was Titus 1 15 to the pure. All things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciousness are corrupt. So I thought it was very interesting that he uses the word minds there, right? The minds are corrupt in Titus 1 10 through 16. It explains the proper way to deal with false teachers. On the island of Crete, some men taught that circumcision was required for Christians, which caused entire families to fall apart in argument. Titus is commanded here to counter these claims strongly, to rebuke them sharply. Sharply, The purpose of this response was to lead people to correct doctrine. Something as simple as circumcision was to be rebuked as false doctrine, not just an opinion. So my thing is, is how many things do we look at as opinions mm. does the Lord see as a false doctrine? Oh, my Lord in heaven. I mean, something so simple as circumcision. Look at the issues at hand today. I mean, they trump circumcision all day long. All day long. We think circumcision, big whoop. But it was a big whoop. And it was a big whoop to God. And it was such a big whoop to God, he asked Titus to go take care of it. Right. Because that little bit of false doctrine 
was causing all kinds of havoc in the church. Well, God's like, don't do something in my name that I never told you to do. That's taking God's name in vain. Yeah. You know, I love this one time. I heard somebody say, it isn't saying, oh, God. That's mm-hmm. not taking God's name in vain. Mm-hmm. Taking God's name in vain is when you put something on God that was never him. That was never Absolutely. his. That's taking, and you're using it for your good. Do not call unclean what I have called clean. All of that. Yes. And so when we, we live in a time and a space right now in the church. And, and so here, Titus is dealing with unbelievers. Okay. And so I think it's interesting that he's to call unbelievers out. Like you're falsely teaching what you want to be taught, what isn't true. Okay. So first of all, I think it tells us that we're allowed to call unbelievers out. Okay. In the right way. Yeah. But two, we have such a divisiveness within the church right now where we have these unconverts and they're taking parts of the Bible Mm -hmm. and manipulating the truths to fit what they feel should be right because they can't understand a God who would mm-hmm. not do this. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible is laced full of being cautious of false prophets yep. and it's not pure, right? False prophets, false teachings are not pure. And right. the further you get into, and, and it was interesting because an article that I read said, we think of false prophets as being like the, um, you know, the guys who take the people to the compounds and brainwash them. And, you know, right. you're like, oh, that's so wrong. Right. But he's the most dangerous ones are the subtle ones. Absolutely. It's the ones where it's just a small, steady trickle of, oh, but look at this. And don't look at this. And don't look at this. And if it's not pure, yes. if it's not holy, if it's not, if it's not honest, true, if it's not alpha true, true, it's, you're not supposed to be thinking on those things. Yeah. So um, that's the example on that. The, another example that I have, And I was going for just with this is the crucifixion of Christ. And just think about those who are actually in the position of justice. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones who ruled for Christ to be crucified. They poisoned the people, Mm -hmm. false prophets. They poisoned the people with their thoughts. Um, So much so, like you want to talk about the, the power of the mind. They convinced the people to crucify Christ instead of a murderer. Right. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. That would be like us letting out, you know, one of the most wanted murderers ever and killing like a Billy Graham. I mean, I'm not saying Billy Graham is God, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just bizarre. That is crazy to me that those people had that much influence and they were the justice. Mm -hmm. They were the people who were deciding what was just and what wasn't just. Um, They were so powerful. They convinced the people to crucify him. So talk about the power of influence and the results that can follow the planting of a seed in the mind. It wasn't justice. This was man using his mind and his thoughts to mold the hearts of others. Power of influence, power of thought. We must always seek the wisdom of the one true and just king, Mm -hmm. not just what man says. Ah, so good. And you just go to what man says. You're. This is what it leads to. And before long, you'll be believing something and be behind something that you never, ever thought you would have been. Absolutely. Ever. ever. So um, number three, another reason that thinking on just and pure things is so important. Dr. Carolyn Leaf says that an attitude is a cluster of thoughts with emotional flavor. And every type of emotion has one of only two roots: love or fear. How do these attitudes get a love or fear flavor? Through our thinking. Our powerful minds operate through free will and are made out of love. The default ingredients of our humanity are joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, compassion, calmness, inspiration, excitement, hope, anticipation, satisfaction, satisfaction, and so on. 
When we are in our love zone, as I like to call it, Carolyn Leaf, we operate in our perfect you and move into positive stretch stress, which is good for us as it makes us alert and focused. Toxic stress has the opposite reaction. It enables us to face the circumstances of life with true hope and joy to keep running our races no matter what comes our way. Oh my gosh, I love her so much. So thinking on things that are just impure, godly, and holy will cause us to operate in our default ingredients. So remember, what are the default ingredients? Because we were created in the image of Christ. Yeah. So our brains were wired to have default ingredients. They weren't wired. God is not the author of fear. So they were not wired for fear, anxiety, worry, disdain, hate, sadness, depression. That's not the default wiring of our brains. So if thinking on just impure things can cause us to operate in our default ingredients, it's going to take us back to... Gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, compassion, calmness, inspiration. It's the fruits the of the, fruits Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit. Be fruitful. That's when you, you can't be fruitful if you have toxic thinking going oh on. Oh my gosh. So, and then that takes me back to the vine and the branches. Yes. Because if you're thinking about being rooted in mm-hmm. that which is taking us back to the, the default thinking, we're rooted in the vine, which mm-hmm. is God. Yeah. We are the fruit and the branch on the branches where the branches and the fruit. Yeah. And that's the, the default thinking. That's the fruit of the spirit that gets to come well, out and, of us. And you have to prune back the toxic negativity yeah. so that you can continue to grow oh, and, more, my and bear more fruit. Yeah. Is that just amazing? And if everything is truly rooted in love and fear, then what direction do you think meditating on just and pure things will move you? Not to the fear. Yeah. So you have to stop and think and ask yourself for a moment And I think this is what made a difference for me with Ryland. I know I was rooted in God. Mm -hmm. I know I wasn't sitting there saying this wasn't fair because I know we serve a God who is for us and not against us, whose plans are for us to prosper and not to to harm us, the kingdom building portion, Mm -hmm. and that all things work together for good. And so Uh if I can live in those premises, if I can be rooted in that truth, if I know that God is just and in the end, it will all make sense when we get to heaven then I can go through that valley and know that it's going to be okay. Well, and more importantly than know it's going to be okay is I can go through the valley just knowing I'm carried. That's right. And I'm not alone in it. That's right. I mean, in, in, in the moment, that matters more than in the end, it'll be okay. Because once we are a part of the vine, we're not pruned away from him. Mm-mm. We're never completely cut off from him. Mm-mm. There are parts of us that are pruned. That what sprouts out can that's be pruned, right. But, but the not branches, us. we're still always connected to the vine. Mm-hmm. So if you can see every circumstance that you go through in life that way, then your wellspring can come from what you're rooted in. Yeah. But if you're rooted in fear, um, and I even talk about this a little bit, if you're rooted in fear and that's your primary, you, I think, almost have to ask yourself if you've ever been rooted in Christ. Right? I mean, because have you ever question. really, and yeah, it's not a judgment question. It's no. a thinking question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Have you ever truly been rooted in Christ? Or is it the I believe Right. Mm-hmm. Have we talked about the bridge? I see the bridge. Mm-hmm. It's the lie, truth, the lie, the facts and the truth. Yes. Right. Yes. So the fact is, or the lie is that, um, you know, I'm rooted in fear and mm-hmm. nothing good can come of this situation. The fact is that everything is either rooted in fear or in love. And mm-hmm. the truth is, have I ever even truly been rooted in love mm-hmm. so that I know the difference between fear and love and could be motivated? Absolutely. To Gosh, that. that's so good. Isn't that good? The, I'm going to 
interject something that um, ties into the believing part real quick. Um, I watched some of um, the Passion Conference, mm-hmm. um, and Christine Kane was one of the speakers. They live streamed it on the app. So you know, I was great to him in love with her. She's like, yeah, you've got Christine, I've got Beth, and all four mm-hmm. of us would have the best dinner ever oh, together. Could you imagine? <sighs> Maybe we should just ask. Let's just ask. Let's do it. She's in, we'll come she's in the next, U.S. now. Next time you guys are together for an event, Monica and I want to know if we can fly we out. We will buy whatever you want. Yeah. Mexican, Southern food, whatever. <laughs> I'll make it. I'll, whatever. Sarah can cook it. <laughs> but she was talking about belief. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to remember, if, if I can find it to link, I will. It was on the app and it's not there now. Um, but she was talking about how Jesus marveled at the belief of the centurion who had said, if you just send the word, my servant will be healed. Mm, that's right. And so there were only there's only two times in the New Testament that Jesus marveled using that Greek word for marvel. And it was the belief of the centurion. But then it also was used when Jesus marveled at the unbelief of the people in Nazareth about who he was. Mm -hmm. So she's like, your belief or unbelief will make Jesus marvel. And she talked about how it was the brothers and the sisters and the people that he grew up with that did not believe him. And the statement that she made was familiarity with Christ will believe will breed spectacular unbelief. You can't just be familiar with who he is. You have to be tapped in to that vine. You have to be rooted in with him. And then your belief will complete, he will marvel at your belief. That's amazing. Like it says, he will marvel at it. I just thought that was the most amazing sermon for a time such as this, where it looks like the world's going to hell in a handbasket and it looks like things are getting worse. And I mean, I've heard three different people in the last two weeks say, well, Jesus must be coming because look around. Right, right. You know, people have been declaring that since it's the dawn time, of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's since the Bible when he said, I will be returning soon. Like, oh, wait a minute. 30, 30 days? 2,000 years ago. <laughs> well, divine yes. soon, Lord. Divine yes. soon. <laughs> but I mean, what a word about our belief. Yeah. Like we can make Jesus marvel at our belief, but we got to be tapped in. We got to be, be rooted. Rooted. I love that word. I love so that good. word. And it's so true, like about the love and the fear. I mean that, it, let's go back here. Let's read it one more time. Yeah. Okay. Um, an attitude is a cluster of thoughts with emotional flavor. I love her words there, mm-hmm. right? And every type of emotion has one of only two roots. And it's true, love or fear. You think about your emotions, almost every single root or emotion that you have comes from a, an alley of fear mm-hmm. or an alley of love. Absolutely. How do these attitudes get a love, fear flavor? Through our thinking. Our powerful minds operate through free will. And are made out of love because we are made in the image of Christ. So the default ingredients of our humanity are the fruits of the spirit. And we can operate in our perfect you and move into positive stress. And she talks about this, about positive stress, creating new networks. Yeah. And they create more positive networks, more positive networks. In your brain. In your brain. pathways and stuff. In the pathways. And if you have negative toxic thoughts, they actually replicate at a much faster rate than positive stress does. And so it can overcome your brain so much more quickly than if you operate in the power, in the positive stress. You know, that's so interesting because I have seen that played out in our marriage Mm -hmm. so often, like only once or twice have Greg, Greg and I both been in a negative space at the same time. And usually one of us is able to like help pull the other one up. But when we're both there, that negativity, like, avalanche snowballs into just the, it's literally the worst. Yep. It's literally the worst. Yep. 
And that, it, I mean, you think about how quickly it happens too, right? You meet and each it, other, think about friendships, right? Mm-hmm. We, you talked about who, the power of the five, yeah. you know, the average of the five people around you most is who you yeah. become like. Um, if you're hanging around with negative people, you're going to be a negative person. Ugh. It's just easier to pull the person off the chair than it is to pull them up. It really is. It just is. So a couple of the things that she has to say, since whatever we think about the most will grow, we become what we meditate on. I love that. We think about the most will grow. Mm-hmm. So what you think about is going to grow. So what are you thinking on? Yeah. And that reminded me of the Craig Rochelle series that I talked about. I mean, I'm linking to that in this uh, blog because it's the mastermind series. And he oh, says, think good. about what you think about. Yeah. It's funny how you think something belongs to somebody. And so he used that. And then it was either MacArthur or somebody else that I was had the think about what you think about. I was like, well, who had it first? I don't know whose quote that I is. Know. You know? Anyways, just like the grass is green where you water it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been out. But how many people have said it? Or I mean, I thought we said it first. I, I, I don't think I don't know that I we did. And so like, I thought Christine Kane was the first one that says that comparison is the thief that robs us of joy because yeah. she coins it. Right. Yeah. She signs it. Eleanor Roosevelt said that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, she's from Australia and she's Greek, so she wouldn't really know <laughs> about it. So I laugh about those kinds of things. You think, you know, something is your own, but who is really the, just because you show you God gives the same seed, the same thought. The same There's nothing new the under time. the sun, everybody. There's nothing, There's new, nothing the new. Okay. Some other sayings, because I love her. I just want to read these. Nothing determines your choices or how you react to your circumstances of life, except you. Mm-hmm. The most important facet of all my research and practice, however, is individual choice. The moment people recognize the power of their minds, the individuality of their thinking, and how they have control over their lives, they are truly able to transform their world. So good. It is important to remember that our thinking changes the structure of our brains because our minds are separate from our brains. Your mind controls your brain. Your brain does not control your mind. Which is so amazing because... God says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like, and we, we read that and we say it, but like the science, it proves like literally transform by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just so good. It's so crazy good. It's, I love stuff like this. It gets me all excited. Okay. A couple other interesting quotes and thoughts out of the 32 words in the, in that sentence, mm-hmm. Philippians 4, 8. Only one is an action verb. Okay. It's the key word of the verse and the sole imperative. Think. Hmm. 32 words, one verb. Think. So simple. And I was thinking about this when you were doing your notes earlier because you said rejoice. Uh-huh. And the Lord always rejoice. Uh-huh. Stand firm. Uh-huh. Think. You think about that. It's just yeah. simple B words. Simple yes. words to do in order to have this full freedom oh in Christ, gosh. right? Um, we are what we think and our lives, attitudes, feelings, reactions, results, failures, successes, and personalities are all formed by the strands of thought that tie our brain cells together like bailing wire. This is so self-evident. It's been at the heart of philosophy and religion from the beginning of human civilization. And I love this. Even non-Christians know this. The Hindus taught man becomes that of which he thinks. Buddha said the mind is everything, what you think you become. Marcus Aurelius said your life is what your thoughts make it. Descartes wrote, I think, therefore I am. The 19th century Unitarian preacher William Channing wrote, all that a man does outwardly is but an expression and completion of his inward thought. Uh, everyone agrees. Everyone agrees. Every religion agrees. Well, why aren't we living that way? Yeah. Right? I mean, that's the, something, right? Because the enemy knows mm-hmm. if we truly embrace this and mm-hmm. put into practice this, like, 
We believe living for God. We it would be I mean, the biggest gospel coalition you could ever. The, the biggest revival. Revival. Ever. That's the you, word I was you trying to just come up with. Never experience anything like it if we would live in this. Um, so here's my practical applications. Take an inventory of your thoughts a few times a day. Just stop right where you're at mm-hmm. and write down what you're thinking about in that very moment. Mm-hmm. Create a habit of noticing how you are thinking. As Craig Rochelle says, think about what you think about. Awesome. Or somebody else said, <laughs> do you operate more in the root of fear or love? Let's just have a heart to heart conversation. God is not the author of fear, but of a sound mind. If this is true, you cannot be putting positive thoughts and then living in fear. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't go together. You also can't be putting in, you can't be putting in fear thoughts and live positively. Mm-hmm. You have to put the positive in to live positively. If you can put the fear in, you can live in the negative. Absolutely. Okay? Yeah. So begin to pray that God will take root of your fear and allow you to be rooted in love. That's good. Right? So ask God to take root of your fear and be rooted in love. So good. But you have to have a hard conversation with yourself. And you may not live in fear in every aspect of your life. Maybe you only live in fear in parenting. Okay? Well, think about how you're parenting if that's where you're rooted. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're only rooted in fear in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, think about how you're leave, living in your marriage if that's where you're rooted. I mean, yeah, you can't be living positively if you're rooted in fear in that one area, it might be where you work. Maybe yeah. you don't think a lot of yourself. This would be a great area to go. When you realize where your area of fear is, maybe it would really, really be good to sit down and do your ap- application yeah. of the lie, the fact, yeah. and the truth. Yeah. Dig into it a little bit. Well, and I would also say a lot of times it's the... Um, symptomatic emotions Mm -hmm. that really are rooted, are fear. And so like, you may not walk around feeling fearful, but are you bitter? Mm -hmm. Are you angry? Are you disappointed? Like all of that has a root of fear. Like bitterness is like a root of fear because you feel like you're being betrayed Mm -hmm. or abandoned or, or somebody's never going to be held just it, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody did you wrong. Mm -hmm. And so you're in the fear that they're never going to be held accountable for what they did. And you don't think that's fair. Right. But you got to go back and think about things that are just vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will take care of that. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So I would say like, like identify your primary feeling. Mm -hmm. Like I just feel like, um, I just feel like I'm, I I deserve more. Well then funnel that down and funnel that down and funnel it down. And so that you can identify that it is rooted in fear. Cause why do you feel like you deserve more? Mm -hmm. You know, like, where does that come from? What happened? Mm -hmm. What hurt happened to you that made you feel like that should be the way it is? Yeah. And then my third one is ask yourself if you have allowed false teachings, things not found in things above to cause discourse in your life with others. If the answer is yes, be willing to be open to changing your opinion on these issues and ground them in truth. So good. So that's <sighs> what I have. I just think this is so amazing. It's a very um, intriguing concept. Yeah, it really is. And I just, I hope that there's some um, unleashing for some people that are listening and that they're able to identify and like unlock just a cycle mm-hmm. that is just repeated again and again of circling the same mountain of thoughts. Be motivated. Be motivated Man. to do the hard work. Have my gosh. the want to, because when you do, it pays off tremendously. And just think about like, huh, think about yeah. how amazing it would be at the end of 2019 to look back and see the difference mm-hmm. between how you started the year and how you ended it yeah. based on your thought life. Yeah. So, yeah. so good. That's okay. Nice. So we're coming back 
next week with, hold on and I will tell you, lovely and good report and then virtue and praise. So these are going to be so fun. Can't wait. Awesome. Uh, God, thank you so much for the richness and the depth of your word and how we can get so much more out of it than just even what's what's in black and white and face value and that that is truth. But even deeper, if we dig and we search and we just seek you in it, Lord, there's such a robust flavor to what the Bible says. I just pray for everyone listening, Lord. I pray that they would um, be able to identify the negative patterns that they're thinking about in their lives, that they'd be able to take those things captive and submit them to the truth and hold them up to the light of who you are and be able to think on things in a completely new and life-changing way. Be with everyone as we continue throughout the week. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.